up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we're getting back in our time machine and going back to the year 2003 to review Underworld. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First, he is the man that realized that he really does have a leather fetish after watching Underworld. That's Ron. That and deep fried Oreos. Ooh, that's a hell of a fetish to have, deep fried Oreos. And of course, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. Who do you think puts the cream in those deep-fried Oreos? They were were tasty. Uh, Yeah, there's a little bit of, a little extra cream in there for you. Uh, That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. They were only single stuff, though. Oh, well, (laughs) daddy's only got so much juice. I'm just throwing it out there. (laughs) There was a lot of batches that had to go out. (laughs) Well, it's, it's it's like Ron's favorite movie, Van Wilder, all over again. Only replace the Claire's with They're so, they're so warm. I think I've had these before. Uh, well, with that, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been okay. Uh, it was all that prep and that stupid storm we got Thursday for before Luma took off. So we had to clean up all that stuff. So work was eh. Our Wednesday game group did uh, continue to go through Dragonlance, and we're coming to the end. And it's a grind, because you don't have enough time to really rest, and we're going to (laughs) die. There's no way we're not going to (laughs) die. Why can't you rest? Because you're on a time time restraint, and we we didn't stack up enough before we went. Ooh, Amateurs, yeah. Well, you know, it's fifth edition, so it's like, oh, we can do this. We can do that. So we're just running through as fast as possible. Hopefully, we get lucky. Is there a Dragonlance version of Red Bull? <laughs> Not unless the DM finds one. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, we're, we're I mean, we're, we're we're doing well, but we're you know. Leroy Jenkins, this whole thing. (laughs) Well, that's why you didn't get rest to begin with. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Next, maybe one, maybe two more sessions, and it'll be completed. If we die, it'll be one. If we don't die, we'll have the second one. (laughs) But that's pretty much about it. Yeah, well, you know, the sheriff from Luma, myself, Ken M, my wife, and the kid went Friday night. We saw about three minutes of a, uh, one of the, the art pieces, and then the, the skies opened up, yep. and I got drenched. So that kind of we kind of hampered myself. My niece and I went on um, Saturday night, and we went right after the rain stopped, and they started. We got to see everything before the rain started. Well, that's good, at least. So. That was good. Diesel, how's been your week? Work has been really rough. I no longer have coworkers. Uh, outside of there, it hasn't been too bad. Saturday, I worked here at Dragon Master Games all day and then left to go get dinner up in Ithaca with a bunch of friends at a Korean barbecue place called Kimchi. Nice. Very tasty. Probably the best chicken I've ever had in my life. Don't know if it was $55 good per person. Yeah, that sounds surprising. <laughs> yeah, but we, we did get two meat platters, so we got the chicken bulgogi and then the, the spare ribs, then three orders of the takoyaki, which is those octopus balls and then the order of korean fried chicken did you uh, actually cook it on the thing yourself yep. okay good 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 yep. i was gonna make sure you got the real experience yep yep uh it was, it was fun uh it was a good day and then sunday i spent it up at my dad's house uh for his 66th birthday um and was set up with uh some brownies to give to him for his birthday as well nice <laughs> nice very nice yep and i picked him up a pair of uh those new hip shoes hey dudes yeah, 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 my kid has them. Yep, yep. Well, that was about it. It was a. I actually had a pretty solid weekend. Speaking of my kid, his 18th birthday was this past Saturday, so happy birthday to the kid. Uh, we took him up to uh, him and his girlfriend up to Turning Stone Casino. Uh, we has uh, at Native 
casinos, you only have to be 18 to gamble. So he, he got to do a little bit of gambling, uh, showed him what a slot machine was. Uh, you know, he was the funny part was he was very happy. We had a lot of fun there. And then uh, on the way home, he was like a little depressed because he didn't win money. And I'm just like, that's just how it works. You don't get depressed, though. It's just about having fun. And he didn't spend any of his own money. So I don't know what the f- he was depressed about. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he got $70 in, in free play. Plus, we gave him like 60 and I think his grandmother gave him 20 So he spent $150, not of his cash. Meanwhile, I paid for, for brunch buffet up there. <laughs> and the six, you know, hey, if anybody has the right to be mad about paying for everything, that's me, damn it. It <laughs> was an expensive trip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the first time there, if you if you didn't lose any of your own money, that's a win. I On my 18th birthday, I went through the gamut. I lost it all. Yeah, exactly. All my graduation and birthday money. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the big wheel. This is why I will for always love the big wheel. And I had a couple big hits on the big wheel with like a one or two dollar bets on the forty to one odds. And then I went back to the blackjack table and recouped all my losses and wound up leaving like four hundred dollars ahead. Nice. So I was at the low, like holy shit! I can't believe I fucking just wasted like four hundred dollars. To I'm like four hundred dollars up now. We didn't have the time to teach him how to play tabletop games, <laughs> yeah. so I just did slot machines. It was. Uh, maybe in the future we'll take him to play tabletop games, and he can understand, you know, the real thing. But I got to teach him how to play blackjack first. Oh, yeah. Can't be taking him up there and having him crap out there. Uh, Sunday we continued the party a little bit because he got together with his like grandparents and stuff, and we watched some football and all that happy jazz. Uh, you're gearing up right now because uh, this week on uh, this Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel, uh, we're launching. I'm launching uh, with Ken M from ODPH Wrestling Night Live. So you pro wrestling fans that like AEW and WWE, we're gonna be talking to AEW and WWE every Wednesday night 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's only gonna be an hour long show and it's uh, gonna be a lot of fun. Nerd Initiative YouTube. So we're getting enough for that. I got a ton of stuff at work, so we're not gonna talk about depressing stuff, especially because the patrons already heard about that. <laughs> we made it as fun as possible. And yeah, yeah. Other than that I've been just been living brother just trying to keep my head above water and just skimming the water barely but hey we're here and uh, I can't complain at all uh, so to everybody out there I hope you had an awesome week as well I hope you have a great upcoming week and before we can jump into the fun stuff for the show we got to take care of paying some bills we got to hit you with those opening plugs of course, if you would like to know anything at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you can find the social media links. You can find the Public link. You can find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, and you also help support everything we do here. While you're there, check out the pages for 3FN Podcast and 607TWS, The Wrestling Show. The pro wrestling show that I do each and every week with Ken M from the ODPH. If you're a pro wrestling fan, check that out weekly. We deep dive into everything. There's AEW, WWE, The Independence, Impact Wrestling, New Japan. That's the deep dive show. So go check that out. You can find all the links and stuff at 3FNPodcast.com. Also, while you're there, check out friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast. That'll take you right over to their uh, page. Also, you can stream their show right from our website. While you're there, check out the uh, bands to support us and uh, over there in the band directory. And guess what? Check out Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the song that you hear at the beginning of every 3FN podcast. Them and all those other great bands, thank them for supporting us, support them, and uh, most importantly, support them on YouTube Music, Bandcamp, and Spotify. And last but not least, while you're there, check out the sponsor section. That is the place where they give us a little bit so we don't have to have commercials in the show and you should thank them for that because we could have commercials instead we're just going to give them a sh- quick shout out right now first of all rex to rides auto detailing if you're in the 607 and you want to put the pride back into your ride diesel who do you call 607-644-3389 also w energy drinks the official energy drink of the 3fn podcast that's w.gg use the promo code 3fn pod at checkout for 10 percent off of every order Next, we have our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. The dates are already set, August 16th and 17th of 2024. Of course, you know it just went down in August, but we got the new dates up. To keep in touch, if you want vendor spaces and everything else, pretty soon they'll be opening up. Go to SciFiHorrorFest.com. And of course, the main sponsor, who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That's Red Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web. DragonMasterGames.com. That's right. 
And of course, if you forget anything I just mentioned, 3FNpodcast.com's got your hookup. Man, every week, it's always a challenge. That's a challenging part. Not only is it probably a challenging part to you to for y'all to listen to, it's also the challenging part for me to say every week because, damn, that's a lot of words. <laughs> well, now let's jump into some fun because we got to kick the show off. And you know how we kick the show off each and every week. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Coming in at number five this week, we finally got it falling off the top. Barbie with $5.9 million. But it's still in the top five. <laughs> Debuting this week at number four, Jawan. So, foreign film yeah, right. because of everything's getting pushed out. Yeah, pretty much. Get used to that. Number three this week, pulling in $10 million, my big fat Greek wedding three. Woo, making money. <laughs> and coming in at number two, dropping from the number one spot, we have the Equalizer three, pulling in another $12 million. That's not surprising. And then, top of the box office, debuting this week with $33 million domestic, The Nun. Two. Wow, thirty-three million. But for a horror movie, that's not too bad. No, that's not bad at all. Uh, jump scare of the movie too. I didn't go see it. If, if any of you've seen it, go ahead and hit us up and tell, tell me how you thought about it. But uh, after seeing the first movie, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Diesel, what's coming up in the box office? All right, coming out this week on September fifteenth. Fifteenth, we have the Inventor, Camp Hideout, Not Around Here, Outlaw Johnny Black, and A Haunting in Venice. Right on. Haunting in Venice will probably be the clear-cut number one there. And then coming out next week, we have It Lives Inside, The Origin of Evil, and Expendables. Yes, and I can make this announcement. So, so next week, we are going to originally do The Outlaw Johnny Black for the 3FN Movie Club review. If it does end up coming near us, we will end up doing that. If it doesn't or comes out later around us, if we have nothing planned, we'll, we'll do it then or we'll do it exclusively for Patreon. If, if it does not come out anywhere near us... Our plan for next week's 3FN Movie Club will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee classic. Okay, so that's our backup plan as of right now, but you never know. If for some reason they add it to the schedule late, we'll be going to see Outlaw Johnny Black because I really want to see that movie. And the week after that, we will be seeing Expendables 4. So therefore, Diesel will be getting... Uh, well, we're going to get entertained by Diesel's. I wish I could sneak a camera in the theater, not <laughs> just uh, not to record the movie, but to record what Diesel does in movies where he's just... <sighs> the screen and his hand motions towards it. It's pretty funny, and that's going to be this. So for us, it's going to be pure entertainment. I promise you that much. Uh, and we'll be reviewing that for the 3FN Movie Club in two weeks. So with that, Diesel, now that we're past what's in the box office, what, what the box office made, now it's time to talk about the top three. So what's this week's top three? Your top three favorite conspiracy theories. In a world of tons of conspiracy theories, and I love all of them, this is going to be hard. It's like picking your favorite child. It's a very, it's a very hard one. Uh, so in the number three spot, uh, I'm going to pick the Atlantis conspiracy. Because I, like I do like a little bit of Atlantis. And there's a bunch of different uh, things. Uh, now they believe it might have been the Eye of the Sahara. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, we'll get into my number. When I get into my number one, there's even crazier stuff. Uh, number two, of course, the JFK assassination. I've always yeah. been, uh, you know, I've always been... Which I should one? say a fan. The government did it, or I'm, a, I'm no, no, no. I'm a fan of the what it probably truly was was a mob hit. Okay, and that the government knew about it. <laughs> they they didn't stop them, but I do believe it was a mob hit. That's right. just been my theory. At some time, we'll dive into it. But uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say favorite like thing. One of my favorite things because it sounds weird of assassination, but it's just something that draws you in and intrigues yeah. you. And my number one, and it's because of pure joy and entertainment, flat Earth. And boy, oh boy, has has that been rewarding? It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Because recently, so so originally it was funny because we all know the world's not flat, right? I think we do. Maybe some I don't know what don't. you're talking about. They have members all around the globe. I was gonna say. So my favorite parts were the initial ones where they were trying to do science things to prove it, and every time they did a science experiment, it kind of proved the curvature existed. Like that was always funny. And then they, they had members around the globe. Ah, that was on their own Twitter. You you don't know what's beyond those ice walls. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to now. Now it's now it's the gift that keeps on giving because now the ice walls, now the ice walls aren't the end of the world because originally the ice walls just kept the water on, right? Kept the water level, remember? Now there's gates in the ice walls. 
There's at least four, maybe five, oh, gates in the ice walls. And when you get to the outer ones, there's 12 more continents. That's where Osgard is. Oh. We are technically Middle Earth, Diesel. Fuck yeah. I need you to go into, I need you to go and dive down that rabbit hole. It's hilarious. <laughs> All of you, if you want to see something funny. Now, if it turns you into flat earthers, I got nothing for you. But it's hilarious. So uh, dive into that. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, flat Earth number one. <laughs> it's because, just for the same reasons. I'm just putting it out there now. Just, just go ahead. Just I re- really didn't think you were, anybody else was going to pick oh. it, but you're right. It's, it's the it's, gift it's, that it, keeps it, on it giving. It does. It's hilarious to me. Um, number uh, number two, I'm going in reverse. I know I get it. But uh, the Earth being sucked into the black hole when they found the God particle. Oh, the hydride clotting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we haven't, we haven't noticed yet. I, I will add on to that. There's also the fact that it made us skip a universe. So yeah. that's what the Mandela effect was. Yes. Was when they fired that up, it jumped us into another one. I heard this morning, this is no bullshit, because I obviously because I do conspiracy theories, even though I don't believe in them. I heard this morning somebody thinks that we went through a time jump last night. So if every anybody fought off today because we went through a time jump, we're in another universe yet again. That's what I'm hearing. I don't know. God damn it. They that might makes have, a lot of sense. They might, they might have been a New York Giants fan, though. And they're just wishing they were a different universe. Continuing on. Uh, my last one is the Black Knight satellite, which Ooh, appears yeah. and disappears. and <laughs> It's been around forever. It's been around. It's just space junk, people. <laughs> okay, Diesel, what's your top three? All right. Coming in at number three, that we're living in the Matrix. Ooh, the Matrix one is a fun one. Yes. It's a fun one. And I happen to subscribe to the, the meme where if you eat the silica gel packets, that's how you escape. Ooh. <laughs> so basically the tide the tide challenge was actually how you got out of the Matrix. Yeah. That, that was your, your blue pill, right? Exactly. Yeah, blue pill. No, no, red pill. I don't was remember. There, I can't remember yeah. which one. It's been a while since I watched the Matrix. Continue on, Diesel. <laughs> Number two. Disney created Frozen as a distraction to get rid of the algorithm of people searching for Walt Disney's Frozen Head. (laughs) I heard that one. I like that one. I heard that one, too. Also, there's the Disney conspiracy theory that uh, all the movies are connected, and it tells the story about how uh, how Earth or the humans are going to kill themselves off and robots are going to take over and try and travel back. Anyways, continue. And then number one, three simple words. Birds aren't real. That is a great one because that one was a prank in its own. But the people who started that didn't believe it, obviously. They just made some shit up. And then there's people who started to believe it, which is even funnier. Because people will believe anything, folks. And that's why I love conspiracy theories. And that was a great top three from everybody. I, uh, sometime we'll, maybe we'll have to do a conspiracy theory uh, thing for Patreon. <laughs> just so we can just talk about our favorite conspiracy theories occasionally. Because it, I, I, I could talk about Flat Earth forever just because... It's ridiculous, but it's so entertaining. They're trying to get the frogs gay. <laughs> oh, you're trying to do the, oh, you know, they're, they're, you know what, Joe Rogan? Interdimensional vampires are sucking the blood out of the fetuses. That's why they're trying to kill the children. Yeah, that's my best. Uh, <laughs> that's the best I got for him. Did He, he got canceled, right? I mean, he, he got has fined. his own. He, got, yeah, he still he, has his, his followers. Oh, of course, he's always going to have them. You know, everybody's you know everybody's a fan. So, anyways, with that being said, folks, that's going to take us out of this week's Diesel's movie triple stuff. And when we exit the triple stuff, we jump right into welcome to three events movie club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, good certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, we're going back in time to the year 2003 to review Underworld. And uh, if you, uh, we're going to give you a little rundown of how we do older films here on the 3FN podcast for the 3FN Movie Club Review. So if you're somebody who might have forgotten, or if you're new and this is the first time giving us a chance, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Go back and listen to some of our older reviews, and I hope you stick with us because we have a lot of fun here. So with that... Here's your reminder of how things are going to go when we do older films. We don't take the break in between for the spoiler alert. Uh, because, let's be honest, this movie's 20 years old. Uh, there's not many spoilers to give. We will give you a fair verbal warning that we're going to go into our our review. Because how we start off is Diesel will give you his spoiler-free synopsis. Then I will talk about the stats of the movie. Who made the movie. Who starred in the movie. Before we give you that little verbal warning. And going into our full review of 
Underworld. And then on the other side of that, we will play the game to give the internet scores from around the internet before giving our scores for the film and, of course, sending you home happy. Gentlemen, are you ready to talk about Underworld? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, Diesel, I believe. Man, I got a story to tell. What happens when Hollywood watches The Matrix and gets an advanced screening of Twilight? Oh, Jesus. Underworld. Whoa, that was a... I don't know. There wasn't as much leather in Twilight. That's why you had to mesh it with The ah, Matrix. okay, I got you, I got you. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Underworld, Underworld was released on September 19th of 2003 with a runtime of 122 minutes, although there is a version that Diesel watched that's got a runtime of 134 minutes. Uh, budget of the movie was estimated at $22 million. Domestically, it made $51.9 million. Worldwide, $95.7 million. Now you know why it launched a franchise. So now that we know uh, the stats, it's time to find out... Of course, uh, the director of this film was Len Wiseman, and this is going to be something interesting. Most of these guys worked on just a lot of Underworld stuff. Of course, Len Wiseman's first movie was Underworld. Uh, He followed that with Underworld Evolution. Uh, Then he uh, directed Live Free or Die Hard, and also he was the director of the remake of Total Recall. Okay. Okay. <laughs> screenplay for this movie. You got three screenplays. Uh, first of all, on the story, Len Wiseman, whose uh, only uh, writing credits, Underworld, Underworld Evolution, and Underworld Rise of the uh, Lichens. And I'm not talking about the characters are based on. He actually wrote those movies. Uh, Kevin Gervoy uh, also did the story, Underworld, Ben 10 Ultimate Alien, and King of Killers in 2023. And then Danny McBride, but not that Danny McBride, a different Danny McBride. I had to look it up. He did the story and screenplay, and uh, the other movies he wrote for were not, Underworld was his first movie, just like everybody else, and then Underworld Evolution and Underworld Rise of the Lichens. So that's uh, where we are with the writers. Now let's kick on over to the director of photography, Tony Pierce Roberts. First first movie he directed, Moon Moonlighting, 1982, not Moonlightning, or Lighting the, the Show, a movie, different thing. Uh, he would also be the DP for The Client, for Ron's favorite movie, Doom, and also Maid of Honor. That's an interesting <laughs> uh, interesting thing. The That's com- a thing. That's the, a combo. The composer for this uh, movie was Paul Hoslinger. Uh, Paul's first movie that he was a composer for, Miracle Mile in 1988. Uh, he would then do Blue Crush, The Girl Next Door, Crank, The Prom Night Remake, Underworld Rise of the Lichens, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Underworld Awakening, and uh, most recently, the Monster Hunter movie. He's done a bunch of uh, TV video games as well. So now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in the movie. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some stars? And to be fair, a lot of these stars, they are were young stars at the time. So first up, and starring as Celine, Kate Beckinsale. Uh, first movie pa- Kate Beckinsale ever did, Much Ado About Nothing in 1993. She was, uh, before this movie, she was in Pearl Harbor and Serendipity. After this movie, a year after this movie, she would be in Van Helsing. Think about that. She went from Underworld to Van Helsing. Uh, Then she would be in The Aviator. I threw this in here because it's the most depressing uh, comedy of all time. She was in Click. She was also in Vacancy, The Total Recall (laughs) remake, Fool's Paradise, and of course, she's been in every movie in the Underworld. I didn't put that on there. She's been in every Underworld movie. Starring on Pete Davidson's dick. Kate (laughs) On top of that, yes. Uh, Next up, playing the role of Michael Scott Speedman. Scott Speedman's first movie, Kitchen Party, in 1997. He would be in Triple X, State of the Union, The Strangers, and he would return to Underworld only one time as in Underworld Evolution. Next up, Shane Brawley, who played Craven. His first movie, Stomping Grounds, in 1998, and he has returned since for pretty much all of the uh, remakes except for Awakening. Next up, Michael Sheen, who played Lucian. Uh, his first movie was uh, The Othello from 1995. That was the one with Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. Kingdom of Heaven, The Queen, Blood Diamond, Frost Nixon, where he played Frost, by the way. Alice in Wonderland, he was also in the sequel. And guess what, Diesel? You were on to something. He was also in the Twilight movies. <laughs> and he was in all of, the, all of the sequels for Underworld, except for Awakening mm-hmm. as well. And last but not least on the deep dives, we got Bill Nye, who played Victor. Uh, his first movie, The Bitch, in 1979. Uh, I, that was a fun one. Uh, Curse of the Pink Panther, Mac the Knife. Uh, he was in the 1989 version of The Phantom of the Opera starring Robert Englund. I don't know if you remember that or not. Mm-hmm. Love Actually, 
Then he uh, he rides hard with the boys from Shaun of the Dead because he yep. was in Shaun of the Dead, he was in Hot Fuzz, and he was also in uh, the end, the World's End. Yes. Uh, he other than that, he's been in Valkyrie, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, Wrath of the Titans, the Total Recall ma- remake, and most recently Detective Pikachu. As far as big screen adaptations, so uh, I think that he's got the uh, the most out of everybody in the movie, and uh, I knew he would remember him from Shaun of the Dead. Oh say. yeah, yeah. Bill Nye is. By far, like my favorite person in this movie. Yeah, UK goddamn movie making royalty. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a little fun with this because both Kevin Gravah and and the one of the other writers of this movie, Danny McBride, were both in this movie. Danny McBride plays the Mason character that we don't ever really get to see anything of, and Kevin Gravah plays the uh, Raz, and Raz is the main. Uh, the the black guy is the main uh, uh, werewolf, the lichen. Yes, so you know in the beginning of the movie when he's turns with great trans, it's a good transformation. Yeah. That's that's uh, Kevin Gravat, the the writer of this movie, the big dolt uh, werewolf. Yes, he, a little bit of a simpleton. <laughs> yes. Uh, quick shout outs to a couple people in the movie uh, too, as well. Uh, Sophie Miles played Erica in this movie. Uh, you might remember her from uh, trans. Uh, Transformers uh, Age of Extinction run mm-hmm. and she was also in Outlander and she was Isawald Iso- and Tristan and Isawald. I said that wrong I know but I don't know it. And Robbie G and I know where you would remember Robbie G from Snatch. He played Vinny in Snatch. He plays Khan in this movie. Yep. He's the head tech guy, head of the death dealers if you will. Uh, so that is going to round out for our actors for Underworld. Now that we've gone there, it is now time for us to jump in to our full spoiler review. So, real quick warning, if you have never seen 2003's Underworld and you don't want to spoil for you, which once again, 20 years, plus I don't know if there's too much to spoil, this is where you dive out. Come back after you've seen it. Uh, You can watch it on one of the streaming services. I'm not going to plug the streaming services because the strike, Uh, but you can find it. It's easy. Just hit the search bar. <laughs> and uh, once you do that, come back and uh, listen. And then uh, if you have seen it or don't care if it gets spoiled for you, it is time for our full spoiler review. So, gentlemen, are you ready to talk about Underworld? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's do the, uh, let's do the skeleton outline of it, and then we'll go into our likes and dislikes, because as you know, we don't go scene by scene if, you, if you've if you been listening to us. And thank God we don't, because there's a lot of fluff in this movie. I don't know if I could do scene by scene. I, I watched it. I watched it complete. I did not have any distractions. Within the first 20 minutes, I wasn't sure if I was watching the right Underworld. Well, that's that's not hard to do. Well, <laughs> I, I want to say this. We said this on Patreon, and I'm going to say it to everybody here. Uh, usually, we start out with the technical stuff. This is the quintessential early 2000s movie. It's got the new metal slash industrial soundtrack. It's got the very dark lighting, the very dark dressing and almost gothic, in a way, look to it. The editing is to be questioned a little bit, which is, but it was early 2000 editing. That's how everybody edited movies back then for some yes. reason. The gothic wardrobes, but not the traditional vampire gothic wardrobe. It was like the rave scene from The Matrix. Right, right. <laughs> but that was like all early 2000s movies for yeah. the most part. It's weird, anyways. And you would think that we were all running around in leather uh, BDSM gear, and we were not. You know what I mean? By the way, I would have loved to see Kate Beckinsale, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, in that dress that Erica brings out for her. Yes. Did you notice that there was nothing covering anything in that dress, but we never get to see that tease? That's some bullshit, by the way. (laughs) This movie would have moved up a full point, in my view, if we'd have gotten to see that. Well, that would have explained why Craven wanted her so bad. Ah, yeah, we'll get to that. So, uh, let let me start it off, because like I said, we're just going to do the skeleton. Uh, They kind of open hot here. We get a little brief backstory from Kate Beckinsale while they're kind of spying on people, so we get uh, the fact that the people they're spying on are liking and the vampires have been uh, at first you know they've been at a war with each other for hundreds of years and that uh, the vampires finally figured out hey we could just probably hunt them into extinction and as she pointed out she's a member of the death dealers and that's uh, the group of vampires whose job it is to hunt them one by one and that they've done their job really efficiently so there's not that many lichen left out there so they're basically spying on these two lichens and it goes into the subway station where the lichens start firing on them in the open. And we learn that the lichens have some new technology because they have UV bullets. <laughs> Diesel, what did you think about the UV bullets? The, the, UV, the, the technology that they were using for their, their warfare was actually pretty ingenious. Irradiated bullets with essentially UV light to 
get rid of those fucking dastardly vampires. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 the underdogs. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. They just underdogs. They just went and, hit and raided Blade Stash. That's all. Pretty much. So, anyways, what they end up doing is they end up going from this scene where we find out that they were actually tra- trailing somebody, the two uh, Lycan, and it was this character Michael who is a human, and they don't know why they're trailing them, but. Kate Beckinsale's Celine is going to get to the bottom of this, damn it. Even though she's told by Craven, who is the head of the vampires, or acting head of the vampires, to leave it alone. She can't. And, of course, she she finds Michael, and we find out... Uh, well, we find out throughout time, he ends up getting bit by a, uh, by a lichen. And then we find out through time that his bloodline is the Corvus bloodline. And this is a bloodline of the first immortal. And this man was going to die, and he didn't die. And then because he didn't die, he ended up getting bit by both a bat and by a wolf. So his offspring started on half his offspring. He had three, no, sorry, he had three lines. One line of his offspring were the beginning of the vampires. One line of his offspring were the beginning of the Slykin. And then he had a third line for whatever reason that were just normal ass humans. That made zero sense to me, the normal humans part. (laughs) Now, I can go with you that this guy had both and that he was the first immortal. I'm going with you. But how do you have three lines? And how do you feel if you were born to an immortal and you're a regular ass human? You're all your 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 some of your brothers and sisters are vampires, some of your brothers and sisters are lichen, they're both immortal, and here you are, a regular ass mortal ass human. Yep. And then you got a goddamn your entire family just feuding with each other and nobody knows why. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so we don't find out the reason for the war yet. We'll we'll talk about that later. Because <laughs> we do find out the reason for the war. So we find out this whole time that Celine is not happy about Craven, although Craven, he has the hots for Celine, does he not, Diesel? Oh, he <laughs> craves what he cannot have. <laughs> I love how that's a line later on. Because she was turned into a vampire after being saved from Lycan, from Victor, who is one of the elders. So we find out later in the movie, and I'll say it here because it's just out of the way. They have three elders. And at any given time, two of the elders are sleeping. And one, are, no, two of the elders are alive. One is in charge. One is like the secondary boss. And then the third elder, elder is sleeping. And then they take turns in that yeah. order. And it's worked for hundreds for of years. 1,500 years. They time jump this way. Yes. So that way they, they stay alive. So they take like a century nap in between basically being in charge. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Victor has been in his slumber for not that long. They're going to raise Mason, who is the guy who's supposed to be the next elder. But before then, uh, Celine decides to raise uh, Victor because she thinks, after meeting this Michael guy, that Craven, nev- Craven's claim to fame, by the way, is that he killed the leader of the Lycan, Lucian. And uh, she finds out that, man, I swear to God, I shot at Lucian. He's still alive. That means Craven's a lying bitch. Yep. And we find out as the audience that Craven is a lion bitch because he goes and meets with Lucian, and those guys are in—they're into cahoots together. There's a conspiracy that we don't quite know the full on yet, and we're you know we're finding this out as we go. So what is what does Celine do to remedy uh, the Victor problem, or no, sorry, the Craven problem, Ron? No, oh, raises a uh, uh, Victor. 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 She raises yeah, Victor before Craven. his time. Yeah. And Victor, she has to hook him up, and he's got to get blood transfusion, basically, to give him power. Yeah. And Victor comes back to life, and, of course, Craven's like, shit. Like, now here's this guy who's yeah. the real boss. But Victor is just like, hey, you gave me some jumbled memories. It doesn't prove anything. You're going on trial, bitch. Pretty much. And uh, then Erica, to help her own self, helps Celine escape. And we have, that's where the main fight sequence at the end begins. And she brings back the doctor who was putting together this bloodline to figure out what the Lycan were doing to, to tell Victor that, yes, yes, Craven was, uh, Lucian's alive and Craven is behind it. But before they get there, he basically says, hey, listen, what we're doing is trying to find the line of Corvus because then we can mix Lycan blood with vampire blood. And usually if you mix the two, it kills the person. But in that line, they believe that they can mix it together to make the most powerful immortal that ever exists because he'll be lichen and vampire. And they believe that this Michael Corvus, by blood test, can withstand having both. So, and then afterwards, he says about uh, Lucian that if he can get an elder's blood, it's even better. 
and we find out that Amelia, who is the other elder that's alive, her train gets ambushed by the Lycans, and the Lycans take her blood. So it looks like that. And of course, Victor's like, Lucian, Lucian's dead. He's like, oh no, he's a, he's not dead. He's more than alive. He's running shit. He's like, running. Like, he's been running stuff underground, and there's more Lycan than you could even imagine. And, uh, and then Victor gets mad and kills that guy. <laughs> but... Craven sneaks out the back door, and we get to the Lycan's hideout where the whole main uh, ending goes. Michael's back there, and they don't get to inject him with the blood yet because Craven finds. Basically, Lucian is bitching out Craven for being a bitch. And of course, as true bitch nature, he turns his back, and Craven shoots him with what the vampires came up with because they came up with silver filled, like liquid silver filled bullets. Silver nitrate. Yes. Bet you weren't expecting that. Because they took the Lycan's technology and then they turned it into the silvers because that kills their opponents. Yes. So he gets shot with that, but not before he injects himself with the blood, and that comes in handy in the in the future, but he injects himself with some of Michael's blood. So he's kind of more powerful than a normal Lycan at this point in juncture. And we find out because of Michael having visions, uh, what? how did uh, this whole thing go down? How did this war start, Diesel? Okay, so... <laughs> And a master play of who gives a shit. <laughs> we find out that Victor had a daughter. And Victor's daughter, who was a vampire, was in love with Lucian. And married him. And the 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 Lycans were were the servants by nature back then. So he couldn't have that abomination in her womb. So he has uh uh, Lucian chained up and he's getting whipped and whipped and whipped and then they open up the ceiling and son beats down on the daughter and she dies. That's when Lucian transforms into werewolf, leaps up, grabs her necklace and bounces out. But yes, we find out that Victor is the cause for the war. Yes. So Celine still doesn't know this point yet because she hasn't talked to Michael about it. And she goes to save Michael, and basically Craven stops her because he's jealous and trying to kill Michael because of jealousy alone. And he reveals to her kind of part of that story because he tells her that he killed his own daughter and the reason. And it wasn't the Lycan that killed your family; it was Victor that killed your family. Because even though he tells us we shouldn't dine on the uh, on the livestock, he still has some of those urges from back in the day. So like the vampires all feed off of basically blood bags; they don't ever feed off a humans in, in the underworld world according to their thing however victor would break that rule from time to time because he remembers back in the good old days when he <laughs> used to just go suck the life force out of somebody so one of those nights he came to her family's house and murdered her whole family but he couldn't suck all of her blood out because she reminded him of the daughter that he killed and that's why he brought her up as his own because it, because he didn't suck all of her blood out she became a vampire so then he raised and trained her as his own that's where the connection between Victor and Selene is. So it's kind of this interesting thing. And then uh, basically, Craven does almost kill uh, Michael. But shoots, shoots Michael. But then Lucian has to... Who somehow is still alive after getting shot with the silver nitrate. Tells Selene, uh, bite him. Bite him. If you want to save him, you have to bite him. So she does. And of course, when Victor comes in, she's biting him. And of course, Victor just calls the abomination. Uh, and that's how he delivers the line, by the way. Yes. The abomination. Did you know that? And he throws him out to the water, like through this wall into the water. And he goes, did you know that one time I had to stop the abomination? And now you're forcing my hand to stop the abomination again. Well, this is going on, though. Michael is transforming into a lichen vampire hybrid. Which yes. kind of looked kind of it looked cool. It was a weird transformation though, because it kind of his snout grew and then sunk back in. Yeah. And it looked cool, but I don't understand why it had to be in blackface. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> that made no sense. Well, they kind of tried to cover that up because it was he was a bluish tint as well. <laughs> I, I do I, I do get what you're saying. It was kind of blackface, which is weird in 2023, but it was also a bluish tint. So I think that's how they were trying to get away with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that starts the fight between him and Victor, and then of course. He doesn't end up beating Victor, which is weird because he's more powerful than Victor. Victor's been at it. Victor's an OG. Victor has, like, he's like 300,000 to zero his win rate. So, yeah, this guy might be more powerful, but he, he doesn't know how to fight. He was just a measly human. 
So he he gets the upper hand over the course of vampire like in battle strategy. <laughs> I love how you called it vampire like in battle strategy. Oh. So uh, at the end of the day, though, Celine uses Victor's own sword, and she does this jump, and she it looks like she grazes him, and she lands, and it's a superhero land, and then we have this long uncomfortable pause, where it's just filming on Victor, and like it is a cool moment. But there's such a long pause before it, before finally a line of blood goes, and then finally his head slides off, like his it, like his face just slides off into two, <laughs> which made no sense because it wasn't just like a, a non-verbal thing. There was communication in, in the in between. Yeah, and Victor was just like, "Oh, you done just fucked up, bitch. Now I'm gonna have to kill you, like I had to kill my daughter." And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, never mind. I've been ghost shipped." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, then basically, like, she's like, well, Mason's going to get it. Then we get the, the verbalization and you get the, like, Mason, the blood from the, the one doctor for the lichen starts leaking into Mason's thing. And you, you see him awaken. And the whole time, Kate Beckinsale is basically talking over, like, now I'm an outlaw and we'll see what happens setting up for a sequel. Uh, end movie roll credits. Yeah. Uh, there's your outline of, of Underworld. Now let's go to the likes and dislikes. Ron, we'll start with you. What were your likes for Underworld? There's not much. No, oh, jeez. There's really not much. I mean, it it is what it is. It's it, it is a tries to be a decent action movie, but it just slips a little bit because it's way too long. <laughs> like, it, there's just I don't know. I don't have too much. I want to hear. I watch the extended cut. Oh, yeah, Diesel's the only one that watched the extended cut. Uh, Ron or Diesel, sorry. And Ron just gave us like, what are your likes for Underworld? Uh, so some of the action scenes were a little cool. There was definitely a very cool story there, but they didn't quite nail it. That being said, we're sticking with the likes. The score of this movie, if you're a fan of industrial music, you're going to love it. It is quintessential early 2000s, late 90s, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I'm going to second what you're saying there. I thought, for the most part, I thought the action sequences were good. I mean, they're a little over the top and stuff, but it's vampires versus lichen, so I think they're allowed to be over the top. Yeah. I did like the action sequences for the most part. Of course, I have a soft spot in my heart for early 2000s, late 90s uh, industrial music, so this soundtrack was right up my alley. <laughs> Mixing a little bit of new metal. I mean, it, the only thing would have made it better is if some Limp Biscuit was on the soundtrack. <laughs> Who knows? It might have been. But I do know that some A Perfect Circle was on the soundtrack. Oh, I mean, if they just waited a few years, they could have like busted out the evidence and spring me to life. Pretty much. <laughs> on the uh, main climax. So, like on on top of that, I I did I liked you. I said a lot of the story I did I did dig. I think that there's some things that they could have fleshed out, some things they could have done better. But for the most part, I, I was very enjoyable. It was a nice little time trip back to that early two uh, thousands era. Ron, now it's time for you to shine in your glory. What were your dislikes for Underworld? It was way too long. Let's just start there. Like you needed to cut twenty to thirty minutes out of this movie. Um, the Victor story. Like, there's just too many storylines trying to go here. Like, I think you should have just taken Victor out and used that for part two. To start out for a reason for part two. Instead of introducing a, somebody that you don't know for part two. See, we, we, we talked about this earlier. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. But I agree with Ron. Because I agree it's too long. And I agree if you cut the Victor stuff out, you would have cut out the 20 to 30 yeah. minutes you needed. Yes. So it actually was very ingenious. But but I did play devil's advocate. You have to agree that the, the, the makers of the movie didn't necessarily know they were getting a sequel when they made the movie. So they kind of threw up, and, and this happens in a lot of movies, unfortunately. They threw all their eggs in the one basket. I think in hindsight, if they would have made the movie knowing or not knowing that they were going to get a sequel, just assuming they would, like being confident, if you will. Yeah. Then I think that that, what's your plan would have been perfect for them. Yeah. Um, but I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. there because I actually agree with you. Um, the editing is actually kind of horrible in this movie. There's just way too many things in the action sequences that just don't line up. Uh, you're just like, oh, she's now, oh, like in the beginning in the subway scene where she reloads just by clapping the two guns together. You that was know, badass, brother. You yeah. don't know their technology. Oh, God, stop. They have UV bullets. Oh, Not that time. Well, <laughs> no, the lichens oh, do. the lichens do. <laughs> she finds that after that gunfight is yeah. like the gun that has the UV bullets. Oh, uh, the sound mixing. I'm just tagging on to this one. As she is firing, and you watch the blast oh, yeah, the gun, not, not, not even equal, and it's sounding like they dropped the ball. The, yeah. It sounds it's automatic fires, and like, it's like a spur of like five bullets. Yeah, it's like with it, one gunshot. You know, it's like all right. The sound mixing is really bad. Yeah, it, the what's going visually is like an M16 handgun, which is like a fully automatic pistol. 
and her actually just pulling the triggers yeah. that aren't timing right in the to the it's, it's, a, it's just not adding up like it's freaking horrible she should have just been holding the trigger yeah. enough to where it was noticeable yeah like badly too yeah. because they slow it down like the matrix and you just see how bad it is like this this movie is like the opposite of john wick there's too much talking like that, I agree with that. <laughs> like, it, it, like John Wick, there's not much talking. This one has no talking or too much talking in it, and then you're just like, okay, I got to sit through this. Okay, her sitting at the computer, going, oh, I got to get the surveillance cameras down to find out who they're following. Oh, it's you, and mind you, the picture's blurrier than shit. And enhance, enhance, yeah, you can enhance. <laughs> yeah, but it's a random. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen bank cameras now in 2023? For some reason, they still look like that blurry yeah. ass camera. I don't get that. You know, they have cameras on on reg- other buildings that can fucking read a piece of paper on the ground but for some reason bank cameras haven't caught up to that you're in a casino the casino can read your wristwatch while you're sitting at the blackjack table but for some reason if you go to a bank their cameras are all fuzzy and blurry like in this movie i'm just throwing that out there so we got to give them some realization but there's just not like this movie had potential to be great but it just fell short diesel what are some of your unlikes for this movie all right, so this movie really made me hate the influence that the Matrix had on the time period. Oh, absolutely. Like, the wardrobe was pretty much ripped from it. If you would have said that the two movies were actually one, and this was just another, like, program... Sequel or best uh, of it? Yeah, you, you, you could program yourself in as a vampire. It would have made perfect sense because it was essentially Matrix-style action scenes, and they fell... They, they, they fall into the Young Bucks where the Young Bucks super kick too much. They do the superhero landing too much. Yeah, that's a little different. Like, like you don't, like, to be fair, the Matrix had s- slight superhero landings. They they used the superhero landing way too much before the superhero landing was cool. I just want to throw that out there. Um, that being said, with everything else that's been said, the storyline, when you get all the, the plot twists... The plot twist meant nothing because at that point we weren't introduced to Victor. So moving Victor to the second move, movie would have made more sense because then you actually like could get some semblance of why it's such a big deal. Yeah. Um, also with the plot twist of the Lycans didn't start the war. The Lycans were actually the victims of this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh shit, now I'm Team Lycan. Yeah. And then everyone's just getting slaughtered. And you're just like... Yeah. It's funny, though, because you like some of the vampires still. Mm-hmm. Because you like Khan as a vampire. He's good, like a, the leader of the Death Dealers there. And yeah. You obviously like Selene. And it's just kind of weird because you're like, you feel like you're in this weird world of like, I, who's the villain? Who's not the villain? Yeah. You know, you think Craven's the asshole, but really, in all honesty, he's really not an asshole. He is a coward. He is a coward, but he. But he's also, but think about it. He has compassion for the Lycans, so that kind of makes him a good guy. And on top of having compassion for the Lycans, like, he's the one who fucking outs victor yeah like he's the one that's like hey the guy that you worship is a piece of garbage he's a piece of shit stop worshiping that guy yeah and like he's like i told you to stick with me and you'd find all this shit out (laughs) but no you couldn't listen to me (laughs) like you know so like at the end of the day you're like even though he's kind of whiny and a coward you're like well he's actually a good person by the way his character comes back in most almost all of the sequels except for awakening (laughs) so craven is the villain and i mean it he's the villain for most of the other fucking movies yes so Which it, makes no sense in this first one, because really, if you think about it, he's not technically a villain. A coward? Yes. Yes. But I wouldn't call him a villain by no. the end of it. No. Yeah, so, like, all the characters that you're just like, oh, oh, this guy's actually bad. Oh, this guy's actually good. But it makes, it doesn't mean anything, because they all die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Ugh. So, they had a cool story there, but if they would have taken the chance that, hey, this movie's going to be successful enough to give us a sequel... And flesh it out over two movies, the story, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I'm basically going to piggyback off of you guys named all my dislikes between the two <laughs> of you. Like, it, it, like, I will say this, like, I'm glad that they didn't do, like, bullet time, like, real bullet time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because I would have been really fucking, like, like I, that would have pissed me off a little bit. There's one scene where I swear to God they use the Matrix sound, so... I think they do. But and they, I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> thankfully, they didn't slow down the bullet time. And we didn't see fucking bullets curving and shit. So we'll give them that credit. Um, so that, that, out of the dislikes, I think that redeems a little <laughs> bit, I guess. Not too much. Uh, it does get too convoluted. Like, if you would have kept the story simple and not convoluted it too much. Yeah. 
Because even with the Victor stuff being taken out, which I do agree with wholeheartedly, because like I said, it would eliminate the 20 to 30 minutes worth and then would set up for a great sequel. However, even with leaving it in, if you convoluted it less, it wouldn't be so bad either. Because we go through a, like, a real big period of convolution. Like to the point of like when she's trying to find him and find out why uh, the Lycans want Michael, using my pronouns, pal, uh, it's just one of those things where you're like, it didn't make any sense at the end of the day because they don't really find shit out. Like, the investigation sucks. You only find things out when the Lycan capture him and have him tied up like fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> and basically, then Lucian does the face turn. Because at this point in Junction, we think Lucian, the head of the, Vi- the, the Lycans, is the bad guy. And he does a fucking complete face turn. You're like, oh shit, he's the hero. Like, like, he did it's, not like, a good, like it's not even like the good, oh shit, he's the hero. You're just like, oh, he's the hero. <laughs> That's interesting. But and the process of him being the hero, they've got homeboy tied up like he's fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. And then the one, the one like and smacks him because he flinches his arm when he goes to give him a shot. And basically, like I love Lucian's lives of barbarians. I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry for their. I'm sorry for their uh, inhumane treatment. Like you're just like, what the fuck? This guy's now well spoken and, and is trying to be a gentleman. Well, we see that earlier in the movie too when the two Lycans are fighting each other. Yeah. He he has this. You need to be more civilized. And you're just <laughs> like, God damn. Like this guy is like the king of civilization. I don't know. You know, he great actor by the way though. He yeah. went on to play in some great movies. Uh, but no, I, like those are just yeah. I think that you guys nailed him on the head <laughs> without me diving too much further deep. Well, and what's with the obvious? I get it that they're werewolves. Do they have to wear fur-lined jackets? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it's like Although, right in your face. I'm glad they kept some things around. I will say this. We didn't add to the likes. I thought, for the most part, there was a couple of them that were kind of sus. I thought, for the most part, the transformations of this movie were really good. The transformations look cool. The lichens in action, like when they're running up the sides of the walls towards them, kind of looked a little... It looked a little fake. Yeah. It didn't, the CG for that didn't look good, but the transformation stuff... Yeah, the actual good. transformation was good. There's a couple scenes like I like the one where uh, remember uh, Khan staring down that like hole and then the lichen just comes through at, like you don't see it until like bam yeah. it's there I like that I thought that was pretty cool but that wasn't running on the wall that was just coming forward yeah. uh, but I agree with you when they were like moving and stuff you could tell that that was CGI like bad but like the transformation scenes for the most part yeah. I thought were really really good um, I even like the vampire stuff uh, this superhero too many superhero landings alone I thought that they flowed very well I thought that it was a good representation of vampires and I like how they didn't overpower them except for like the elders yeah. like victor has a lot of power like we see victor when he goes to the home of the lichens just that lichen comes out and he just grabs the lichen by yeah. the throat and just choke slams it to the ground and just kills it with his bare hands and you're just and then he pulls out his sword to finish the deal but you're just like okay we get it that's why you're in charge because ain't nobody messing with you yeah and then you when you see him and michael fight that's the only time you really see like the agility of almost like a flying is between the two that they don't fly but they can jump those two can jump higher like everybody else can land but those two because they're so powerful could actually like jump high they, they don't fly it's just like jump higher yeah. and embrace on walls yeah which makes sense like i, I kind of dug that that mythology so we'll give that a like we're just giving it some like it's due if you will but then there was a lot of like story stuff where you're like eh. Like when they like crash the car into the water, like zero reason for that to be there. Where Michael so, saves Celine, so stupid scene because she's he's like, oh, you better pull over. You're losing a lot of blood. I'll be fine. And then just <laughs> <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? But the worst part is he because because he got bit. It activates a little bit there, and that's how he saves them. But then next thing you know, he's the one that's fucking passed out at the vampire's yeah. house, and she's awake and fine. And like, hey, rest, you're you're safe here. Like yeah. it's like like how is how is it the fact that you last time we saw you, you passed out the wheel, yeah. and he had to save you from the water, but now he's the one that like, yes. that was weird. Yeah, there was just like that. That was like a weird twist that you're like, that makes no sense. It would have made more sense if like Michael took her back and like da da da. Well, unless the unless they reshot it where. The original scene was him driving and him passing out, and then like, oh, let's, uh, let's do this, and then edit it badly to that scene. I did enjoy when uh, Erica finds him sleeping, and then and then just starts hissing like a cat, <laughs> and then jumps to the ceiling. Some of the vampires weren't powerful, and Erica was not a powerful. No, vampire. no, I love how she's and she's <laughs> she's she's like clinging to the ceiling pretty yeah. much. She's like, <laughs> like he's like, she's like, I saw the lichen mark. <laughs> So he got bit because then we find out like if he got bit right before yeah. then like he wasn't a lichen prior to that. I I think Erica was in there trying to get her some nookie cookie, yeah. and then she was like, "Oh shit, fa- no, no nookie cookie. He's yeah. a lichen. He's a dirty lichen. I can't have that abomination in my womb. <laughs> They're gonna put me to sun death. God damn." <laughs> 
Well, now that we've given our full review and our likes and dislikes, before we can score this film, we've got to find out what the rest of the internet gave it. And there's only one way we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. Ron is currently your champion. Can Diesel win back the throne? Well, we're going to find out in a minute. The game is played simply. We're going to ask questions from scores around the internet. And these two gentlemen are going to guess them. Closest without going over. Better known as Price is Right rules. Gets you the points. Three points gets you the win. Of course, for the final question, which is always Google users. It is the closest to the number, period, because we don't do ties. And if we have to make it worth two points, so be it. Because once again, this is our game, so we make up the rules. We don't do ties, and we have to have a winner. Gentlemen, are you ready to play the game let's go oh yeah diesel you're the challenger so you get to go first and so imdb out of 10 using points what did they give underworld slightly above satisfactory 60 6.8 6.8 ron oh, fuck you <laughs> well you you're convinced that it's going to be lower so Oh no! I I, I this, you think the score it, 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 it spawned a franchise. It did spawn a franchise. That's why I'm worried that it's higher. Um, you said six point. I'm just going six point nine. Ooh, he's cutting you right off. <laughs> cutting you right off of the pass, and it paid off. It was seven seven out of ten. Oh, okay. Eight, seven out of 10. <laughs> so he cuts you off and gets the point. So Ron's up one to nothing. Ron, you get to go first on this one. Metacritic. This is critics only. Out of one hundred percent, what did they give Underworld? Sixty. 60, Diesel. 61. 60, 61, and... Dang. You both busted. Hang on, low enough. 42%. Okay. 42%. Diesel, you go next. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Remember, this is a critics from Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Out of 100%, what did they give? Underworld. 47. 47, Ron. Ooh. I <laughs> One. Ron's going with one, and Ron, it pays off. It was 31%. (laughs) So, Ron, next question could win you back and retain your title, and you get to go first. Ron Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give Underworld? God damn it. Uh, 72. 72. Diesel. $1. $1. And let's see who gets it. That's right. Ron is still your champion. And it was 79%. Oh, damn. 79%. Oh, our biggest fan of the movie is just took it down the crown with this one. <laughs> All right. Well, just for funsies, Google users, Diesel, go ahead. Out of 100%, what did Google users give it? 92. Ron. 91. Uh, you would have been closer. It was 90%. So <laughs> Ron, Ron has won the day. Ron is still your champion. And Diesel, you took an L there, sir. You took the L. Well, with that being said, now that we found out what the internet scores were, are, it is now time for us to give ours. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Of course, we are going to give our nerd score followed by my critic score. And the nerd score is simple. It's on the nerd scale, and the nerd score is a recommendation score. We use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to come up with the nerd score. And basically, that means that the movie could be critically bad, but if it was entertaining, it gets a higher score, and vice versa. That actually has happened where a movie was critically good, but it was not entertaining at all and has dropped down the score for watch. So... There is only five points of the nerd scale, and it falls into one of the categories. A one is no. That means it's a terrible movie, and you should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average to you know, to good movies. There are movies that aren't. you're not going to go out of your way to watch, but if it's on and you watch it, you're not going to regret seeing it. But with that being said, you're not going to add to your rotation, probably never going to see it again, but you're not going to regret at least seeing the movie. Uh, four is just take my money. These are the very good films. These are the films that you, are, you can feel free to rent and pay money for or go to the theater and see. You might even add them to your collection or your rotation. It's not going to be the top thing on your list, but it is still good and you'll probably watch it more than once. 
And last but not least is the rarefied air known as certified nerd in the five spot. These are the legendary films. These are films that not only could you pay to see them in the theater, you could pay, you're going to buy the copy of it. You're going to go see it in 10, 15, 30 years when they keep releasing it to the theater. You might even buy a couple different cuts of it because it's that good. These are movies like Jurassic Park and Jaws. They are the legendary films that you're going to keep coming back to. And you're probably going to put them in your rotation where you watch them every so often. That is what certified nerd is. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, Ronald, you get to go first. What is your nerd score for Underworld and why? Two. You're giving it a two? Ooh, I've been warned. It is definitely too long of a movie. It is, there's just too much going on. They try too hard. Like, you need to seriously cut some stuff out of here. The editing bugged the crap out of me through this movie. The whole fight scene at the end with the guy with the whips all of a sudden wrapped around him and all of a sudden gets stuck underneath the rock, but you don't see him get it stuck underneath the rock just to get his face bitten off was retarded. <laughs> like, it's just bad. Like, Diesel, it is now time for your yeah. nerd score and why. I'm also landing on a two. Ooh, I've been warned. I think Ron rounded up. I think he wanted to give it a one. <laughs> I couldn't give I, it a one. I couldn't justify giving it a three. It's, it's, it's that movie where... You've been warned. Like yes, this you might like it. I highly doubt it. There are much better vampire movies. There are much better werewolf movies. There are much better just action movies. This one had a good story in there, but they 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 took too many tangents and it just made it utterly fail. So two, I I wasn't disappointed. This was actually my first watch of the movie. I realized I'd never seen this movie before, and I. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't angry that I had to watch it for the podcast, but I also wasn't happy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to go the opposite direction of both of you guys because this to me was a definition of a three. It's good. It's good. It's good. And by that I mean it's the definition part of the fact that I didn't regret seeing it. I had seen it a long time ago. I thought I didn't really like this movie from what I remembered of it. And I was like, oh, great, I got to watch it again. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, well, I didn't regret seeing it, but it wasn't a game changer. It wasn't one of my favorite movies. I'll give you my critic score right up front before I even go further anyways. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. It's, it's a slightly above average movie. So like I said, it's the definition of like an average, ah, it's good movie. On our scale of the three... It just has to be, I don't regret seeing it. Did I love the movie? No. Am I going to watch it again? Probably never again. Am I going to buy a copy? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? It's not going to be in a rotation or anything. But at the same point, Junction, I came out of it. I was entertained enough. It took me back to the early 2000s. Yes, the editing sucked and the sound stuff sucked. But go back to the early 2000s. A lot of movies did that. Not every movie, because obviously there's some iconic movies from back then. So don't think I said everyone. But let's go back to that era. Trust me, there's a lot of sloppiness. We, we saw that when we went back and watched things like uh, Training Day that we all remember was so great and it wasn't necessarily that great. Go back and listen to that review if you don't remember. But once again, I always thought it was a five and it wasn't a five. I'm not saying we, I can't even remember what my score was. But still, I remember coming out of it going, oh, man. And a lot of that was punishment from the time because the time... That's what she did in movies. And I yeah. think that's what happened to this movie. They tried to make a dark gothic film. And when you made a dark gothic film back in the year 2003, you had to have the industrial music. You had to have the new metal and you had to have the leather like you were the fucking Matrix. So I agree with Diesel when he said that it suffered from being the Matrix era. And it really does. But when you get past that, the ed I thought that the action scenes were entertaining. I did think that there was some fun to be had in the movie. And the basic storyline of the movie was actually pretty decent. It's just like you, like Diesel said. Once you start adding in things, it gets convoluted. And you could have simplified this down and made a better film. So there's a lot of like detractions. But there was still enough for me to go, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't like love it. I'm not going to go watch it again or buy it. But it did a definition of a three. I don't regret seeing it. Like I said. So I'm giving it a three. These two gentlemen gave it a two on the nerve scale. So you've got two, you've been warned. One, ah, it's good. And I gave it a 5.5 out of 10 for my critic score. If you guys would like to talk about 2003's Underworld and give us your score, your opinions, tell us we're right, wrong, or indifferent, go ahead and hit us up on the social medias. If you want to find out our social medias, it's simple. Go to 3fnpodcast.com. All the social media links are there. TeePublic link, Patreon link, friends of the show, uh, the, the musical directory, sponsors, all of that lives at 3fnpodcast.com. Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. Five out of ten stars. Finally rewatched it. The film is by all means a classic, but classic does not mean great. 
Although the set design and camera work, not specifically cinematography, but rather how the camera moved through scenes and editing was great. That film has a whole does not deserve as much credit as it gets. The acting is awful, and I mean that in the biggest way possible, and the pacing throughout the movie also makes no sense. The introduction of the film feels forced and like a joke, but not in a funny way. And finally, the cinematography is plain and average at best. If you're going to watch Harry Potter series, start with The Prisoner of Azkaban, as that is the first really good Potter film. Five out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. Diesel? I mean, I didn't hate that review. Like, they made points, and it, it made the, 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 the total drop. But to say, like, skip ahead a few movies because that's the first good one? I don't know. You Harry Potter fans love your lore. <laughs> hey, some of them love it a little too much. Well, with that, that's going to do it for this week's 3FN podcast. Next week, we will be back with either our review of the new movie, The Outlaw, uh, Johnny Black, if we can see it, if it comes near us, or we'll be seeing uh, for its 50th anniversary, uh, Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee classic. One of those two will be your 3FN Movie Club review next week, and the following week, of course, we'll be hitting you with Expendables 4. So, with that being said, for myself, for the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly... Later, nerds. Later. Spray my minnow spray. Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs>